And that is opposite of women's health. (laughs) That is the opposite. The key to women's health is alignment, aligning yourself with your best self, fully self-expressed, honoring yourself, honoring your own power, owning your own power and being kind. You know, it's coming from a place of love at all times. Boxing gym owner, life coach, author, and also my dear friend, Jolie Glassman, joins the podcast today where we chat all things women's health, how to become more aligned with ourselves, and she explains how emergence is critical in life. Now, this episode is in two parts, with part one being posted first, so look out for part two as it will be posted shortly after this one. So... Let's do it. Too many days in the darkness Without a glimpse of the light Running tired and broken and scared But I swear I'll never give up the fight I see you broken and beat Head pulled down over your eyes Every part of you wants to surrender, darling Jolie, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I love it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Yes. Thank you. No, the honor is all mine because (laughs) when I think of women's health, I think the very first thing that I think of is is obviously the physical health, the wellness, the well-being behind everything. And I can't think of someone who's just so happy and full of life and knowledgeable about all aspects of women's health than you. Um, So I can't wait to get your perspective on everything today. And I would love to just start off with really what is women's health to you when you hear women's health, a, a woman say, hey, I'm healthy. What are you envisioning and assuming about them really? Ooh, that's a lot. In that one, even just because for me, even when I heard you talking about, oh, women's health, and I was like, oh, is it different than men's and then men's health? And then what is health? And then what does health mean to someone? And does it mean different to other people? And it definitely means the same when you don't have your health. Like if you don't have health, it means the same. Like you're Mm. like, I always say everyone has a million wishes and a million dreams. Yeah. But when you have no health, you have one. So that, that type of health where you're at the risk of dying, that's definitely aligned with the same health, but women's health and everything is for me is there's the components of the mind, the body and the spirit. So I don't want to say yes, mental health, you're healthy, but I believe that that is the spearheader is Mm -hmm. the mental health because when you're mentally healthy, then you can make better choices for the spirit and for the body, but the three go together. So for, to me, a nice balanced, healthy lifestyle is spiritual health, physical health, and mental health. The three go together. Okay. Do you think it's, is there an order? Do you think? Well, I think the mental is first because the mind, well, first of all, the body becomes the mind, right? The mind gets dropped in the body with past experiences, past emotions, stress, all of that's stored in the body and creates disease for our future. So when you have Mm. mental health and you're not storing this past negative emotions in the body because you can bob and weave and get things out of the way and communicate and you have mental health about you, then you're healthy. You don't have that stuff in your body. So you move about mental health is key. You need a healthy mind. I I don't care how smart you are. If you don't have a healthy mind and you can't lay your head on the pillow at night and you can't think coherently and calm yourself down, you're not healthy. 
I just picked up on some of the boxing, uh, the boxing logo right there. The Bob and Weave already came the out. Bob and Weave, exactly. <laughs> Within three minutes, already come out. I love it. I don't it. think I could do it. I don't think I could talk without the boxing comparison. Exactly. Just because no, yeah. they're heroes, they're fighters, they're they're everything. They're everything in the ring. Yeah, and I mean metaphorically, which we'll get to a little bit later with your book. Um, the overlap with life in boxing is so accurate mm -hmm. and so important and so obvious when you actually start getting into the roots of it and for people who don't know jolie owns her own boxing gym it is one of the most amazing places ever with an amazing culture all over the the country right now you you see like these mega corporations talking about culture and people really want culture in places that they go at the store and where they work and the boxing gym that culture is i is so it's perfect it's as close to perfect as you can get because it's such yes. a great balance and surprisingly enough too when i first um came by the gym it's i would say predominantly women because i remember being in well, those yeah i would say yeah yeah because i remember um, badass women yes badass women yeah. and that's why this is so perfect for the podcast yeah. this conversation because i remember being in a class and I remember looking around, I had this like realization and I was like, wait, I'm the only guy in this class. And I thought it was cool because it's such a balance. You know, it was, it was not like this expectation of where people go into like a boxing gym and they're like, oh, it's like oh, a bunch of dudes just like throwing punches and yelling at each other and stuff. And it made sense why it's like that because of who's at the head. Well, expectations are in, and, and presumptions or assumptions are interesting, right? Because everyone thinks a yoga studio would be all peaceful and great and a yeah. boxing gym would be scary and not the opposite. And it's the opposite, right? Yoga, I it always is, say seek and is. you find and seek and you keep seeking. So a lot of times you go into a yoga studio and they're like, they're on the seeking end. They're like seeking, they're not mm -hmm. so peaceful. A boxing gym, they go through the storm, out the other end, humble, kind. If the world was more like a boxing gym, it would be amazing. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, it's amazing. The best space, it's magical. The principal of uh, Beach High, she calls me Wizard of Oz. Like, follow the yellow brick road. <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, I'm yeah. Dorothy. Like, you get to Kansas. You'll be like, we're not in Kansas anymore. And life can be like that with yeah. the concepts that I lead by. Yes. Can you give us some of those? Well, like one concept is emergence. I wish the world would live off emergence, which is like a school of fish. Everyone leads from the bottom up. So my background is, is really early childhood development. So I love putting everything into early childhood. I love- mm, Where it starts. Montessori, learning from your strengths. So another rule in the book is use your strengths and maximize on your strengths. And in school, you know, everyone, and in life and in social media, and everyone's pointing out their negatives and their, their, their weaknesses. Yeah. And really emergence is everyone working together as a team and you mentioned community and I always feel like I spearheaded all the concepts of those the energy and the even like when CrossFits came about they had that one space like mine it was the one space open community sharing energy where everyone's making a difference and everyone's contributing mm. and everyone all everyone wants is to be gotten and be heard and know that they're important no one wants to be forgotten or not heard or not noticed and when you have an environment where everyone is noticed for their strengths and then that's emergence. They're all contributing. That's where our world is going, that trade economy of like, okay, you're good at this and you're good at this, so I need you for this. But when you start like focusing on your negatives and what you're not good at, it's only going to bring you down. So join a team where you use your, you use your strengths, they use their strengths, and the synergy is amazing. So that's emergence, where you can't even tell who's leading because it's such synergy where everyone's leading from the bottom up. 
just like a school of fish. No, you're you're right with that. And I I've always thought about too, like when I think about things in like the NBA and and stuff, and there was always this uh, question of like a guy like LeBron James who. Every team he goes on, he's he becomes the best player immediately. But all the other players, kind of like because they have LeBron James on their team, they're not as good of a they're, team player. They're yeah. not as good at all, and yeah. the, and he will make great passes and get guys involved. He's a great teammate, but at the same time, these guys they just kind of become very imbalanced. When if you put them on different teams, those people would excel a lot better. Yeah. And it's kind of because he's jumped around the NBA, you kind of see that in every team he's gone over, and he plays with like these superstars. And you think, what happened to that guy? You know, he used to be a superstar on this team. Now he's playing with LeBron, and it's just not the not the same. But it's not. I think a lot it takes two to I tango, guess. though. Who yeah. you're being has someone show up, and who they're being has you show up, and that's the magnificence of the illusion of life. So it's who LeBron's being has them show up as them, and it's who they're being in that moment. Like your example is, maybe they're not as good anymore, knowing that they have this person that's going to pull the team. Okay, so that's in their being over there and their responsibility. And maybe LeBron is the type of player. Like if you ask Romeo, he's like, ah, I hate LeBron. He's not a team player. Da -da. He says exactly your point that you're making now. Of yeah, maybe not maybe definitely that's what life is <laughs> yeah, life yeah. is 100 percent, 100 percent. it's who you're being has everything show up that's what manifestation alignment vibration all of that is so it's who he's being is having that dynamic show up mm. so it's both it's 100 100 it, I, people say oh it's 50 50 oh it's 100 no it's 100 100 that's i have that as a chapter in my book responsibility is my tattoo a ho'oponopono is i'm sorry i love you please forgive me thank you it's taking responsibility for everything that shows up for yourself in your life and then people get all crazy with the words and they go responsible fault so it's my fault they're hungry in africa so it's my fault they're homeless and no it's not about fault but it's who can you be to have that shift because you can be the butterfly that flaps its wings and causes a tsunami in China, right? Everything you do makes a difference. Every thought you think, every word you speak makes a difference. So to honor that and acknowledge that knows, has you be so powerful and know that you're responsible for everything that comes out of your mouth, for every thought that comes out of your head, you know you're making a ripple. You know you're making an impact. You know vibrationally the effect it has. Do you think fo fully people feel and know that consciously Zero. at all yeah i was i was just <laughs> i was just thinking that i was like wait <laughs> yeah this whole world that that's another concept the whole world would be a great place right because i always tell people if you want to have a better day be nice to me like you know you walk into all these places yeah, it's and very they're so right. rude yeah. and people are so miserable and you're like the secret is be nice to me and you'll be cheerier so people don't get that that mm. get receiving is begins by giving by that you have giving, to start yeah. giving of yourself and if you want to cheer yourself up cheer someone else up and people just get so in their own minds and they don't get access i need to find happy i need to find happy i need to find happy is happy here is happy here is i know it's nowhere because yeah. you keep looking for it instead of being it mm. so and that's there's why lot, i work a lot with people that say oh i can't find my purpose or i want to find my purpose and then people walk around disempowered as if they don't and most of those people that are walking around disempowered, like, oh, I can't find my purpose, is under here, is under here. They already are living their purpose, but they are lacking the gratitude to acknowledge yeah. that they're on the journey. You know, yeah. Abraham Hicks always, I love how she says, you only ask the universe once. Like, don't keep asking. It's done, it's done, it's done, it's done. You know, it's done. You ask, and now be patient. 
lay yeah. the lay the groundwork, right? They didn't say like when they, the Colosseum was being, oh, forget it, it's never gonna, you know, brick by brick, lay by probably went through generations of generations before that got built. Yeah. But it's the journey. Yeah, and your with your journey, what makes you so unique? I mean, people listening right now, they probably know. Okay, Jolie, she owns her own boxing gym. Twenty five years. Yes, twenty five <laughs> years. She's a female, so she's owning her own business in a in what I would say is has been a male dominated field of boxing for forever. forever. And it's still it's still now, and it still is outside of the NFL. Is the only thing I can think of that is still a male dominated. Um, sport and field in society. And I think like, okay, like Jolie was doing this before it was like the cool and hip thing to do. Like I, oh, like there, there's I been- <laughs> created it to yeah. be the cool and hip thing. Like I go to stores and I'm like, the, fir- the first thing you see before even the store's title is, you know, X demographic, like brand business, you know, they're, they're labeling like because of whatever, like tax benefits and things like that. And I'm like, wait a second, like Jolie was doing this before. For it was the cool and popular thing to do. Yeah. And she was doing it in a male-dominated society, in a male-dominated people. field. I had to educate people left and right. Constantly. Oh, boxing? No one wanted to come. They thought they were going to get punched in the face. They were boxing. I had to keep educating people to get the craze going, to get people to get how amazing this it sport is, yeah. is and the metaphor and having boxing in your heart and soul and the the rules that it takes to be a boxer having those rules be the rules that you follow to be a champion in your life and where did you where did you f- find that so where did i get this so right we all gather up our tools i say i'm an mma fighter in life because i have many different tools so i got i'm a product of my environment right so i ran away young so i was very i'm gonna do what i want when i want i had a very i go after what i want i didn't settle for less i was very if something wasn't kosher in the space i didn't stay i wasn't you only know independence really i only know doing things my way if it worked i wasn't a brat like i'm gonna do it my way but i was the type that was like why would i do it your way if your way doesn't work and why can't i do it my way if my works Mm. and my mouth was always it was polite because my mom was so strict on manners but i always said the obvious that people would want to say and that you'd be like yeah why do we have to do that like why are we doing that stupid thing yeah they're all yeah that's what i wanted to say and i say but come on already like how are we all going to join in on this opposite of the concept that i told you if the world was ruling on emergency Mm -hmm. are we all going to be our weaknesses are we all going to just be like together on this like the cow and the herd and we're just herds so a boxing gym and where i learned it i ran away young right so and this is a lot of this is in my book and it weaves through my second book but I ran away young. I was supposed to be a doctor. I think you don't even know this stuff about me. I was supposed to be a doctor. My first bachelor's was chemistry. Oh, she's good. Yeah, and I had to get, yeah, and I was, and I don't even know science. Welcome to American education. I, I, I know anatomy and I know the body. Well, what do we know? I know what I know. I don't know more than what I know, obviously, but Welcome to the education system. Here I am with a degree and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be a doctor and I want to run away. So um, I did dual enrollment. So I was 17, almost 18, ready to run away, finishing my bachelor's because of the dual enrollment. And I was like, I got to get out of my house. I got to get a job. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a doctor. The whole, I was starting to wake up to the world of bureaucratic bullshit and that I didn't want to sign on And you were 17? 17. See, people are going through that right now between 25 and 30. I would say. 
before they actually have that awakening of like, what do I want to do? Oh my gosh, this is going on. And all well, that stuff, the reason I, I had it young was because I had to get out of my house. Yeah, my yeah. mom was verbally, physically abuses. Yeah, she was very abusive and I wanted to run away and get out. And I always say I was like Romulus and Remus, the 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 boys raised by the animals by themselves. Because <laughs> I feel like I raised myself. I mean, my mom, if she was alive, God bless her, she'd beat me for saying that. But she was, my dad died young and my mom worked through the night making chocolate and she was never around. She just ruled by fear. Like we had to get straight A's. She was very strict that way. So I knew I was smart, like educationally in, in school. I was smart from school was common sense, but I was like, what am I going to do? And it was out of desperation. And like you said, when I half-ass things or like when we look back and we find ways and a lot of times I'm like, oh my God, I was so lazy because I didn't want to drive to South Campus. I went to FIU. I didn't want to. So I was like, how do I finish the quickest? But it was out of emergency, right? And it's the questions. So my second book is all about the questions we ask ourselves to find our life. So I talk about the questions I asked myself that define my life, which mm -hmm. were like, how do I get out of my house the quickest? How do I not be like my mother? I was a move away from, so an NLP and like the secret, right? Ask, receive, believe we move toward what we want as, a as opposed to moving away from what we don't want. Boxers are come from adversity, right? Where the have nots become the have. A lot of adversity. Yeah. So that's what I, I wasn't like, oh, my parents are so, I'm going to be just like them. And here's my role models. I'm going to be just like them. I was a run away from, I was like, I am not going to, right? So I was the worst in class running. I was last. So I was like, I'm never going to be last again. My mom was like, I, to me, she was like weak. And I was like, I'm not going to be like my mom. So I had a lot of like, I'm not going to do this and this in defining moments. And kind of like Rich Dad Poor Dad, that book. Very. Yeah. Yes. It was yeah. one of my favorite books. Yes. I highly recommend it. And so I went to North Campus and I was like, listen, I need to get out of my house. I have this degree. I told him the story and I just want to finish and I want a career and I don't want to be a doctor. And they go, oh, there's this teaching scholarship. It's two years. It's called Focus for Our Children in Urban Settings. You need to teach for two years for free in the inner cities, but it's a scholarship program and 30 people get accepted. And it's actually now like it was now. I go, Okay. Like, like you could have said like McDonald's. I'm just like, okay. And there went my calling of my whole life. Like, whoa, did I ever know that I was meant to just serve and teach? And it was such a letdown at the time for my mom to hear that I'm supposed to be like this doctor and lawyer. And I was born Jewish and they think all their kids should be doctors and lawyers. And I, here I am going to be a teacher making the worst salary ever. But I was like, I want to be a teacher, not even knowing the impact that I could actually make of the label of teacher. So I was a teacher and I was a disruptor. I didn't like the education system, how it went. So I ended up teaching in the inner cities, alternative ed and doing my little disruption. I was always teaching boxing without knowing what boxing was because I would let my kids fight. Imagine I'm in the worst of the worst of the worst, like yeah. before you go to jail and then in the jails, but the jails are more civilized because they're controlled there. So I would let my kids fight and everyone say, how's this little white girl get these kids in order? <laughs> and I'd say, number one, I'm nice. And I'm very, yeah. well, you, I make people feel good and I love people and I see people it's for respect. their greatness. They respect, it's respect. Yeah. And it's that emergence thing. All I do is search for people's strengths. So I'm looking for your strength. I'm not seeing you for your weakness. I'm seeing like how I can use you on my team or how we can make things better. So I would let them fight. I'd say one-on-one, -on -one, no one jump in. Well, then fast forward a little, I met my ex-husband and I was in fitness after school every day because every day after school, because a teacher doesn't make much money, I taught at Olympia Gym in Aventura where Beto from Zumba uh, taught Latin dance. This is how long ago this is. 
And then my ex-husband was working in the clubs. I was a bartender on the weekends and he was in the clubs and he was like, oh, I'm going to do an English pub, a bowling alley or a boxing gym. He was like set on like, cause they tore yeah. down the fifth street gym, the original one. And he was like, oh, boxing my, I was like, Jim, I'm in fitness. This is perfect. I'm having, I'm in fitness. I'm letting my kids fight. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. I said, yeah. well, no, I didn't get the boxing part. I didn't get that boxing was, that's why I'm saying this circles back mm. to the question you asked me, like, what was the defining moment that I knew I wanted to got do it, this? Got it, got it, got So it. the defining moment is the realization that God is all there is and that God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called and that you're just being qualified your whole life when you follow your heart. And that's why I said, you're going to do so amazing because you, you look back and you recognize, Oh, that one time I went have Z's your word. Uh, it, it didn't yeah, work out yeah, and you know, yeah, to go yeah. all the way and you know, to follow your heart. And, and like you said, how do people know what to listen to? And did you always listen to that? And do people really have that mind? And that's why they can't get cluttered. And that's why women's health and everyone's health is so important because you need clarity and you can't have clarity unless you're healthy and you have all that about you. So, I just, so my ex-husband, I met him, he was in an English pub bowling alley and boxing gym and the God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the call. The point of that is that I was always teaching boxing. Here I am getting into fitness and there went 25 years of my whole life where I got to meld everything together of mm. everything I could have ever imagined and ever wished. 25 years is a, a lifetime. So I've done so much in that time of charity. Yeah, I'm 29. I'm like, oh exactly. shit. So imagine in my, in your entire life, what I've been doing is just transforming lives through movement through. So you say health and then people say, oh, I'm a therapist. I coach that and they compartmentalize things. And I was an early childhood development teacher. So I'm whole language versus phonics. Everything for me is the parts in the whole. So you can't just, and how you do one thing is how you do everything. So I get you started. Let's start you at the gym and then you're going to feel good there and let's have you feel good here. And you can't just be like, oh, I'm cutting out the sugar. And that's yeah, why habits don't yeah, work it, for it, people. It doesn't, it doesn't. Yeah, people don't have integrity and then they make plans and then they really understand what it took to put that. And then they feel like a failure when they didn't exactly. accomplish it. They which set then... themselves up for the failure. Yeah. They set themselves up. That's why everyone's all in their own way because what they set up was not going to manifest into success anyway. From the very anyway. beginning. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. That's um, sad. Like, like losing weight and I mean... I think it's just unfortunate yeah, more than sad because sad, they don't know any different. And when you don't know, you don't know, but unfortunate that there's options and more. That's why I love saying everyone should have a coach because there's so much that you don't see that when you have yourself, a designated yeah. cheerleader, accountability coach, someone that sees what you could see, there's so much more possible that you can have in your life exponentially when you have a shift and you have like how long are you going to keep doing what you're doing and complaining about it? Right. And not getting results and people having what they have and then just complaining about it. That's the sad part. The complaining about it. I've come to the conclusion that I, I try to do this in my own life where, you know, every, like I do it basically in segments. It's, it's usually about every two, a month and a half to three months where like, if I go back to Jersey to visit family or if I go on a trip or something, that is my time where, I try to reflect and look back and go, okay, in the last, like since my last trip or wherever I went or family visit, my like three to seven days off from what I'm doing every single day, I'm now out of that environment. So now I can reflect and dissect myself of when I was in that environment for the last like month and a half to three months and what went wrong, what could I have done better? So when I come back, I can revitalize it and retailer it and then keep it moving because there was times in my life where it was like 
four years where I didn't look back and tried to correct myself. And instead of doing maybe every three months doing it, it was like four years, five years. And then well, imagine I, now doing it every day. Yes. Right. Yeah. So in your meditation at night, like who were you being? Imagine being the eyes of someone else looking at you. What could you have done differently? What will you do tomorrow? What are you not committed to? And it's funny you said, uh, I reflect and dissect in the highest levels of learning. My last chapter, well, my last chapters leave a legacy, but the chapter before that, well, finish strong. So one of the last ones, the third, third to the last is be reflective. It's the highest level of learning. So kudos to you. You got that. And they should teach it to a first grader. So my thesis was putting higher order thinking in the early childhood years. That was my thesis for my that master's. That is so good. Holy yes. shit. That is so, good. Yeah. And I thought 68 pages was a lot. So, but putting higher order thinking in the early childhood years, because a first grader should use evaluation and dissection, right? So if I say to a first grader, they're coloring and they have apples and I say, let's make another fruit. And then I say, right, because so there's five levels of learning, according to Bloom's taxonomy, six levels of learning. I'm sorry. So knowledge, comprehension, analysis. It sounds like the most basic monkeys can do. Like anyone, I can teach a monkey to do it. Monkey see, monkey do. That's what we say. They can do it. Knowledge, you comprehend it and you break it down. Analysis. Those are three. And that's what's going on with our school system. That's the problem. We're still in the knowledge, comprehension, comprehension and analysis. And that's Google. It's like, just read it, learn it. Yeah. The higher levels of learning where college starts to tap into or AP or honors Supposed or to. Yeah. kids not yeah. in the bell curve get access to this education. Otherwise, the rest are bored in ADD, right? Because you're not challenging them is the application. So then you apply what you knew, understood, and analyzed. Then you create your own and then you evaluate. Evaluation is the highest level of learning. So, and then AA does that, right? And AA is, works for alcoholics, but then what is for people that are not alcoholics? Like how to have a program like that. And it's all about reflection. Who did I hurt? What could I say? What could I do differently? So that's the whole premise of my second book. A thousand questions to ask yourself to become the champion of your life. Because if you don't have good results, you don't have good questions. You need to ask better questions to get better results. So it's all about the questions we ask ourselves. Like, why am I so fat? Because you're a fat pig. What do you mean? That's a stupid question. What could I do differently today than I did yesterday? What did I eat? How will it look for me to be? What do I want to wear? How do I want to feel? How Have I ever felt that way before? What was I doing when I felt that way? What was I eating? Did I go to the grocery store? Did I eat out? Were there certain things I said to myself? You have to pace and to yourself, keep asking those questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. To keep just asking, asking, asking is so important. I was just talking with someone the other day who had a really good point that I had never thought of. Cause we were talking about the, the Miami lifestyle and going out and staying out late and, and how everyone that's like what people do down here. And like, and I mean, late, like 5 a.m. type stuff. And he had said, you know, when I asked myself one more, I was just like, have I ever enjoyed waking up after those nights? And I thought about that myself. And I was like, even on like some really fun nights when I've gone out, I've woken up the next day going, I wish I didn't do that. Because you're just, you're reflecting on it. And you're just like, no, no, it's not. And then you make, and then I was able to, you know, kind of see like, all right, there's a change that kind of needs to either be made or asking and, and keep asking yourself, why am I not having fun? Now? Right. You know, and then keep asking yourself, why, 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 why do I keep doing deeper? it? Well, what, or what can I do differently? Why sometimes is a ch tail chasing 
question word of like why around. why because you're a stupid idiot you know it's like yeah. why is it? but what could i do differently or how would it look if i did have fun or how could i go out and have fun and not feel guilty the next day or enjoy that i went out or would it be better if i went out less and then i would enjoy it what's the frequency i'm going out like dissecting it you said reflect and dissect but that's why i love my job and my career it's so funny i say i own a real health club because i own the best space I don't know any space that generates the energy that my space does. And you go to a club, you spend $20 on a drink, you buy girls drinks, you might get an STD, you're waking up hungover. I mean, it's like, and this is a club. These are disgusting. You leave, like you just said, how you wake up because it's negative energy. There's alcohol going on. There's, you know, sex, you, drugs, you, rock and roll. Yeah, you borrow It's a negative energy. It's not a high vibration of conscious level. So you're bringing yourself down. That's why I always say when you walk out of a club, people go to nightclubs. I say, I own the best club because I own a true health club. When you walk out, you feel mm. nobody, nobody mission accomplished does not feel better walking out of my gym than when they walked in like way better, exponentially better. And they feel better second they walk in just the greeting and walking in and being in that space you never feel like that leaving a club meanwhile your wallet's empty you spend all your money you feel like shit and then people go oh 20 for a book or 20 for a client a membership oh, yeah, yeah. what do you mean you just spend 20 times five to feel like shit but you don't want to spend 20 times five to feel amazing mm -hmm. Those are the questions you want to ask yourself. Like, who am I being? What do I really want? Do I really want that? Because if I really wanted that, I'm not doing what it takes to get that. Then what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I must not really want that is the key. You know, and people breaking down their values and beliefs, right? That's another reason why a coach is so important because you don't know what you don't know and you don't see what you don't see and you think it is what it is. And for me, like a high value of mine you heard is doing what I want when I want. Freedom is key. But how do you have freedom and do what you want when you want when you value health at the same time, right? So those are two conflicting beliefs that when I get confronted, oh, there's a brownie and a cookie, right? So, but I do what I want when I want, but I'm into health. So what's the choice, mm -hmm. right? So those are things I have to dissect and reflect and make sure that when I'm confronted with those things, I have rules around yeah. the goal. Yeah. So then I have certain things I use like, well, we're on a health topic, so I might as well share with you. But like if I go to the grocery store and I'm, every commercial is amazing. I mean, you like Papa John's, Dunkin' oh, Donuts, yeah. everything just by, it's brutal. And then you need the drug and they have a relief right yeah. after it. So it's like, I say to myself, did I want it before I saw it? So I'll see like mm. ice cream and I'll be like, Julie, did you want it before you saw it? Nope. And I walk away. Or another like thing is I read ingredients. That's a good, as a consumer wise, that is really good. Did I want it before I saw it? Exactly. So you create, see people set themselves up for failure without knowing because they didn't plan to set themselves up for success, which is great. That could be another line in my book. But when you plan to set yourself up for success, you're not subjected to the failure of it. You planned, you created. I say, okay, so now when I go to the grocery store and I see that chocolate cake, like, duh, if you buy it, you're gonna eat it. That's another thing I say. Jolie, if you buy it, you're gonna eat it. And that's common sense, right? But I don't wanna eat mac and cheese, so I better not buy it. But when I went to the store and the the, the label looks so good, it reminded me of childhood, mac and cheese is so good. You know, we yeah. get all these memories, we feel good, we drop the dopamine. I also am aware of when I'm dropping dopamine and I want 
serotonin. I don't want all those dopamine hits where I'm never satisfied and I'm just going for the hit because then mm. I'm like a crackhead. Yeah, so say. I have to pull back. <laughs> yeah. So I have to pull back. And I also know when I see chocolate, I know it works for me. So I'll say, Jolie, you're never going to be satisfied. Because I know sometimes- No one's satisfied with chocolate. They just keep eating. It's like chips. Exactly. So I tell myself, Julie, no matter how much you eat, you're not going to be satisfied. So quit while you don't even start. Do you and have then any, I walk away. Do you ever, ever have any fuck it moments though? Yeah, a lot. Yeah. A lot. I. That's why I feel guilt. Like I always say like, you know, that imposter, the people that look up to people, people that look up to me and think, oh, you're so healthy. You're so fit. I don't want to be the imposter and think like, oh, I'm so I'm not healthy 100% of the time. I eat chocolate. I love it. I eat cookies. I love it. But like how you offer me a Hot Pocket, I wouldn't eat that because it's <laughs> yeah. not cake. Yeah. If I'm going to eat junk, it's going to be cake and cookies. Otherwise, I'm super clean. Yes, I'm super clean. I watch ingredients. I know what's going in my mouth because also I don't like brain fog. I don't like moodiness. I don't like bitchiness. I don't like tired. And I know those are symptoms. So I might as well like read the bottle of a hot pocket. And instead of yeah. reading the ingredients, I go brain fog, stomach ache, ulcer. It's like the side of the, you know, so I can't. Yeah. It's too... If I was your age, it's no big deal. But as you get older, your stomach's not as strong. You don't want to... Yeah. The impact is... The, the hangovers are more impactful. Intense. Yeah. They're more intense. Yeah, they are. My, um, it's funny. The, the, the guests I have on my show, they'll be like, oh, if I, if I go on the No Politics Podcast, I'm going to get a Hot Pocket as an offering. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the Hot Pockets. Yeah, Every yeah. time you get ready for a podcast, you get the Hot Pockets. Yep, yep, Maybe that's out. who should uh, advertise on your channel. <laughs> yeah, hot, the, the hot first Hot Pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about this. You yeah, know? exactly. Get a Hot Pocket. Well, yeah. you know how many people just go get a Hot Pocket while they're watching a podcast? It's easy. <laughs> it's easy. So that's another thing. Health is not easy. But I could tell you sick is a lot harder. So yeah. health is not easy. It takes a lot of planning, a lot of prepping. You can't just pop a hot pocket in the, it takes like well, my celery behind. juice. You know what I I'm have saying? to. You're behind. Yeah. You got to prep. Like uh, I made beans with one of the members the other day. She came up. She was like, you're a freaking badass. She was watching me like dying over my, how I'm like nonstop. But it's. You play Tetris and you play Lego yep. and you put things in place and when you want things to happen. So I was scrubbing my celery and soaking my celery while we we're watching the beans and then packaging it up yeah. and putting it in glass. And But if I don't pre-do it, then I'm not juicing the celery. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I want to be healthy. I want to do this. I want to do this. And it never happens. And then I become one of those people that live a disaligned, unsatisfied life because I walk around saying I want things but doing nothing about it to get it. And that is opposite of women's health. <laughs> that is the opposite. The key to women's health is alignment, aligning yourself with your best self, fully self-expressed, honoring yourself, honoring your own power, owning your own power and being kind. You know, it's coming from a place of love at all times. Yeah, perfectly said. I don't think you could have said that in any less words either. Oh, thank I you. mean, perfectly said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.